How is everyone this morning? Isn't God kind? Isn't He gracious? Glory to God. When we wake up, I was telling them first service, every morning when we wake up, we ought to put our feet on the floor remembering how good He is, how kind He is. And if any other thought comes to our mind, we ought to put our feet back in our bed and do it again. And do it as many times as it takes till you don't get out of your bed without remembering how good He is. Amen? Glory to God. Let's pray over the Word today. Father God, we thank You for Your Word, Lord. And we pray for utterance, Lord, that it would be the words of God, that it would be You speaking today, not the words of man. Lord, help us to hear and to be faithful hearers, Lord, that we not only hear, but we receive it into our hearts and we believe it and do those things that You've asked us to do, that You've enabled us to do by Your grace. And Lord, in advance, we give You thanks because we know it'll be good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Woo, I'm happy. You guys happy? Man, I'm here in Branson. Yeah, my wife's with me. Oh, yeah. Florida's good, too. Florida's going good. Was there for several weeks and had a greater... How many got to see the Greater Faith Conference? Oh, wasn't that good? How many are ready for the Branson Victory Campaign? Oh, it's going to be good. Gonna be good. Remember, if you didn't sign up and you got an opportunity to work in the parking lot, they could still use some more help. That parking lot's a big job when you get 11, 1200 cars rolling through here. So, uh, if you got some extra time, go out after the service and sign up, or come to the meeting, and we'll get you hooked up with Mr. Harry. But uh, we'll get plenty of help. Amen. Glory to God. What are we gonna do now? Uh, let's look at the Word. Yeah, glory to God. Open your Bibles to Matthew 11. You know, I was, uh, this past week, I was, I don't know how I got started on it, but I got looking at immigration, and not immigration right now, I know that's not a real popular subject in America, but uh, immigration as it was in the early 1900s, uh, late 1800s even so much, um, people were coming to America, and, and I was looking at why, why are they coming to America? Do you guys Remember? It was a good land. It was the land of opportunity. It was a land where they could succeed. It was a land where they could come, no matter who they were, where they were from, they could be someone else. Amen? They could be, then they could become someone else. In fact, the definition was a person who comes to a country and takes up permanent residency there. Glory to God. That's a good thing. Another one is a plant or animal that becomes established in an area where it was previously unknown. Amen? Immigration. That's a, that, that's a good thing. But the reason people came is because someone told them there weren't billboards, there weren't a bunch of radio and TV ads out. No. Somebody told them the good news. Amen? Somebody told them there was a better place, a better life, a better way somewhere else sounds a lot like christianity doesn't it somebody tell you guys one day that there was a better way that you didn't have to keep doing it on your own that you didn't have to keep going that direction that you didn't have to keep losing that you didn't have to be poor that you didn't have to be sick that you didn't have to be broke no more huh that you could be washed clean from all your sins and made new and that everything that used to be would be no longer be, and you would be a new creature in Christ. 
take up permanent residency in the kingdom of God. And you immigrated. You're a bunch of immigrants. You immigrated. You said, hey, I ain't living in the world no more. I'm going there. Glory to God. And you know, even on the Statue of Liberty, it says what? Bring us your tired, give us. You're tired, give us your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. This was a godly nation on godly principles. And all the people that came here came here to find hope. Amen? And everybody that came here came to a godly nation. Glory to God. Jesus came and said that way before America said it. Amen? In Matthew 11, verse 28, what did Jesus say? He said, Come unto me. That sounds like, bring me. You're tired and you're poor. Come unto me. Yeah, if I was, uh, if you got, if you labor and you're heavy laden, you're tired and poor. I don't care how much money you have. If you're, if you're, if you're labor and heavy laden, you're poor. Right? Everybody thinks every time Jesus calls poor in the Bible, he's talking about people without money. There are a lot of poor people that got money. Right? I mean, I look at people all the time and go, oh, that poor person. And they got a lot of money. <laughs> uh, that didn't go over. <laughs> go over here. <laughs> Did you guys ever look at somebody and say, oh, that poor person? Yeah. And they still had money. They weren't poor. Huh? They just didn't have Jesus. If you don't got Jesus, you are poor. You are broke. Amen? And Jesus said, come unto me. All you who are heavy and are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many have found that rest? Glory to God. He's given us rest. What's the next verse? Take my yoke. In other words, quit doing it that way. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Learn of me. And this is why he could talk to him right here. Because I'm meek and lowly of heart. You know, Jesus could have said, Come to me. I am the Son of God. You should do whatever I say. You should be whatever I say for you to be. I am the Son of God. Bow before me. I am. But He came and He said, I'm meek and lowly of heart. What did He say? He said, I'm right here beside you. And I want to make you just like me. Amen? Amen. You can't be better than somebody and help them. People that help somebody with money that make them feel low because they don't have money aren't really helping them. Amen? We can love people with money, right? But don't exalt yourself with money. Jesus never exalted Himself. He exalted the love of God. The the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, they they had created an image and a picture of God that was so far off of who God was that God said, here's my son, and he's just like me. In every way. If he does it, that's what I would do. How he does it is the way I would do it. So if, you know, because, you know, they were saying, well, God's this way. God will do this. If you don't do that, God will do. And they had portrayed God as a mean God, a hard God, a God of wrath, a God of judgment. And Jesus came and he said, that's not me. That's not God. 
And he portrayed God for who he truly was. Amen. And Jesus came and said, I'm meek and lowly. I came for you. Meek people aren't judging people. You ever notice that? Meek people don't judge people. Remember Moses? He was the meekest man in all the world. And when Miriam and Aaron started talking bad about him, and she got the hand, she looked at her hand, and it was completely white with leprosy. And Moses said, Doggone right, white with leprosy. Talk about me, will you? <laughs> Just talk about it. I'm Moses, prophet of God. Don't go around talking bad about me. You'll have leprosy. He didn't say that, did he? His very next thing that he said was, No, Lord, healer. Healer. Why? Because that's what meek people do. Meek people are full of love. Full of love and compassion for people. And they desire to see them forgiven and released from what's holding them back. What was holding her back wouldn't have been that leprosy. It would have been what she did before the leprosy came. Amen? It was keeping her from hope and a future. It was keeping her from the good land of God. Amen? And God, God gave us, sent Jesus, His Son, and He said, Come unto me. And you all came. I came. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you came? And so the story ends, right? No. Why did He want us to come unto Him? He'd give us rest. He'd, he would. He'd give us rest. And then He said, Take my yoke upon you. What's He saying? Now go do what I do. Go be who I am. You know, so much of the time, the, 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 when we immigrate, we, we forget that that's not the end. What if the, what if the immigrants would have came over here and not started businesses and not got jobs <laughs> and not done anything, not, not called their family over because they wouldn't have called their family because nothing would have changed. There wouldn't have been anything better for them. All they would have done was taken their problems from one land and moved them to another land. Right? We moved into a new land. God said, God said in what is it, Colossians? He said, I took you out of darkness. What did he say? You were, you're an immigrant. I took you out of darkness. Huh? And I translated you. He didn't even put you on a boat to Ellis Island, did he? You didn't have to take the boat trip. You didn't have to. You didn't, no, none of that misery. You went straight from darkness to light. Glory to God. That's a good God. And He saved us. And He, for, he redeemed us. And He forgave us. And, and now we can get up every morning and say, God, what are you going to do for me today? No? You guys got quiet on me. Because that's not what we do. We say, God, what are you going to do through me today? That's why He saved us. That's why He said, come to me. That's why He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Why does he, what's He want you to learn? He wants you to learn to be the love of God. He was the goodness of God brought to the land of the living. Amen. Amen? He came from heaven and came here and He brought the very love of God. The law could not bring love. It could only bring obedience. He brought love. He He brought a righteousness apart from the law and enabled us to be something we were not. We immigrated. And we said, no longer am I part of the law, am I part of the world, am I part of what's going on over there. I'm now a member, a citizen of the kingdom of God. 
Amen? With all the rights and abilities of a citizen of that kingdom. Amen? Paul said in 2 Corinthians, what was it, 2 Corinthians 5, we looked at her, that I, we are now ambassadors. Man, not only are you in the kingdom, you went straight to the embassy. Yeah, we're ambassadors for Christ. And, and as ambassadors, what should we be doing? Promoting our country. Amen. Every part of our life should say, I am a Christian. I am a member of the kingdom of the Most High God. And that's not what you do by standing over people. That's what you do when you're standing within them. Amen. Jesus came and showed what God was like. What did He do? He went and ate with the sinners and the publicans. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, the, and the religious people of the day said, Ooh, what is wrong with him? He eats with publicans and sinners. If Jesus did it, what should we be doing? You know, church folk can get in a box. Church folk, man, if you don't have chicken dinner at, on Sunday at church, you go home because you don't want to go out there amongst some sinners. Man, you get in those restaurants, you may hear cussing. Woo! Huh? Wow! You may see somebody that just woke up and still got a hangover. Old sinner. How do you know they had a hangover? Did you read the symptoms before you got out of bed? Hmm. <laughs> We as Christians, our job as ambassadors for Christ is to represent Him, not just in the church, but in the world. We are called to represent Jesus. We are called to extend the love of God and tell people what He's done for us. Amen? Paul, the very person that said, I'm an ambassador, what did he do? He went around telling everybody. Everybody. He, went, he wrote letters from jail. Everybody that would listen to him, man, he told that story. I bet he told that story so many times that it sounded just alike. Every, at midday. Right? Remember when he, was telling, when he was telling King Agrippa? He said, at midday. He told him about a little bit about who he was. But man, he wasn't excited about who he was. He was excited about that light that shined round about him. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And His life was changed. And He was translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And He would tell anybody who would listen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. He was excited. You know, I was sitting there reading. Just, just I went to, the, to was it chapter 26 in the book of Acts. And I just started reading Him talking to King Agrippa. He was on a mission. He was going to get King Agrippa saved. Amen? And almost did. We don't know that later on King Agrippa didn't get saved. He got a lot of seed put in his heart that day, didn't he? He even said, oh, did you think you could persuade me so quick? In other words, you were persuading me. Huh? But King Agrippa wanted to hear Paul. He said, he wasn't forced to hear him like the others. The others felt like they had, well, they had to hear him. That was their job. King Agrippa said, no. He said, I'm coming. I want to hear him. 
You know what he wanted to hear? The gospel. He wanted to hear the gospel. And Paul wanted to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. He saw a window of faith and he was crawling through it. Glory to God. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be. We're called to open these windows of faith or to, to follow God as He opens them. Amen? And to witness to the goodness of God in our lives. Amen? Not just, not just to have a nice car, not just to have your body healed, but to glorify God in doing it. Amen? It's, you know, we got too many people that, that want people to see their great faith. <laughs> I got that car by believing God. You got that car because God's merciful. I don't care how many scriptures you read. The mercy of God kept you there long enough to read them. Amen? And if you can't glorify God with those things that He gives you and lead people to Him, then you won't have those things. Amen? If you do have them, they'll have no value. A gift given outside of love has zero value. When God gives us something, He wants people to know that that He loves us and that He loves them. Amen? And our job as ambassadors for Christ is to let people know how much He loves them. Amen? And, and And to explain His will in the earth not to not not to preach and teach all the time right you got people that have all kinds of knowledge they've been reading the bible they've been listening to cds they've been writing it down they've been doing all this and all that and man they got they are full of knowledge and when somebody comes to them man they can quote them 25 scriptures that ought to fix them but it won't fix them because there's no love knowledge puffs up love builds up Amen? Amen. Knowledge is a bunch of pride. Knowledge given in love can help somebody. Amen? Amen? Amen. We've got to get that love. It's not what we do. It's how we do it. It's, in, in Christianity, it's never going to be a what. It's always going to be a how. Right? You've got a lot of people that want to do a lot of things, but why do they want to do them? Why do you want to do them? Why do you want to why do you want to go over there? Why do you want people to hear your story? Do you just want to be heard or do you love them? Amen. When we do things how he would have them done, they make a difference. They make a huge difference. When we do things just to be doing them because the Bible says, you know, you got people that give, you know why? Because the Bible tells us we should give. You know, I wanted my my daughter to do that when she was 3. I no longer want her to give because the Bible tells her to. I want her to give because she loves the Lord. Amen? She's 20 now. It's time, it's time to give because of your relationship with God and your relationship should be on a different level than I have to. <laughs> right? Glory to God. So our how-to is what we want to change. Because we're already ambassadors, so how we represent God means everything. But He's given us the ability. He's the one that gave Paul a testimony. And when Paul went out, he was excited. Why? God had changed him. Paul was evil. 
And everybody looks at that and they're like, oh, no wonder he had such a great testimony. He was evil. You have the same testimony. Right? Right? You have the exact same testimony. You just weren't beating up Christians. Not publicly anyway. Right? It says, remember, in Ephesians 2, verse 12, it says, remember these things. It says that at one time you were without Christ. This, you were without Christ. What's he saying? You need to remember this. That you were without Christ. An alien from the commonwealth of Israel. A stranger from the covenants of promise. Having no hope without God and in the world. That's why we're immigrants. That, that, that word would describe the physical being of most of the people that came from other countries to America. But that word describes me and you who came out of darkness into His marvelous light. Amen? We were in the world without hope, without God. But now, but now, that was before, but now. What's he saying? He's saying, remember you were that, but now. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away, you're right there with Him now. You've been made near. What? You're now a resident of His country. Glory to God. You're, you're in a place where you previously were unknown. Now you're known. What's it say? He said, he said those who love God will be known by God. Glory to God. Oh, we serve a good God. And then we want to know the will of God. Why would we be excited to tell a story? Because God put His love in you, and so now we think the way He thinks. And this is how God thinks. Look in 1 Timothy 2. This is how God thinks. This is verse Timothy 2. We pray it. Every, we, we use it for prayer every, every Wednesday night. Because He talks about, I want you to, first of all, brethren, I want you to, to pray. He said, supplication, thanksgiving. He wants, I want you to pray for all men. He just asks you to do something you can only do if you're a Christian. You can't, if you don't know God, you don't have the love of God, therefore you can't pray. If you, don't, if you pray outside of the love of God, you did not pray. It is an unanswerable prayer. <laughs> it's unanswerable. Why? Because no love, full failure. Love, no failure. Right? When we pray it inside of the love of God and through the love of God, we change the situation we pray about. Amen. Amen? But when we pray just to be praying, that's what the Pharisees did. They went to the temple and they prayed. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to do. When you pray out of love for the person you're praying for or for the situation you're praying about, you make a difference. Why? Because love can't fail. It, it has a zero failure rate. Amen? And he, said, he says pray for all men. What, what's all this about all men? That's who he came for. That's how many he is calling acceptable. He says, I, want, he says, he says, I wish above all things... Or, where am I at? I'm in a different scripture. Went to a different land. I'm back. Here I am. Immigrated back. First Timothy says, I want you to pray, first of all. Then he said, and in verse 3, he says, because this is good and acceptable or pleases the Lord. It's pleasing in the sight of the Lord. What? 
to pray for all men. Why? Because you're a Christian and you have the love of God in you. Why would it not please Him? Because faith works by love. You just prayed a prayer in love that makes faith work. So you just prayed a very operative prayer. Amen? And he's just, he said that's good and acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Why? Because He will have... How many people get saved? All. All. Now, do you reckon, you got Christians all over the world say, well, yes, but he knows some won't come. (laughs) Do you think that changed his will? His will is for the some that won't come to come. And we can't get into this mode of, well, they didn't listen. Hey, if they didn't listen, pray for another opportunity. Amen? It's not time to quit until they're saved. Thank God my mom wouldn't quit until I was saved. She wasn't going to quit. As soon as I was serving God and, and saved and serving God, then she, then she was satisfied. That's when we should be satisfied. It, how many people got somebody in your family that you're, you just say, well, they can go to hell as long as everybody else makes it? Huh? Don't got any takers? That's what we say, though, when we quit on people. That's what we say when we resign ourselves to, well, maybe they're just one of the ones that will never receive Him. No! We will never resign anyone to hell. It was not created for us. It was not created for any person that ever goes there. It was created for the devil. And I'll be happy for him to be there forever. Locked away. But God's will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of Christ. He doesn't want you just to be saved. He wants you to understand He's good. This is Hebrews 11.6. This is God's will. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because first, you must acknowledge He exists. And second, you must acknowledge that He's good. When you ask Jesus into your heart, you're saying, I believe in God and I believe He's good. Because Jesus is the goodness of God. You're believing in the very thing that Hebrews 11, 6 states. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. It just keeps on saying the same thing about itself. Amen? It says God is good from beginning to end. While we were His enemies, Christ died for us. Glory to God. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord's not slack concerning His promise. You know, we got Christians all over the world that hope Jesus comes back today. And if He does, they're going to be real happy. And that's great. I'll be happy. I'm going on the first train out of here. This will not be a fun place to be without the Holy Ghost in us here. Amen? But are we thinking about who's going to be left behind or just our bill that we ain't got the money to pay? <laughs> huh? Or are we thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm 80 some odd years old. I've lived my life. Jesus can come back. Let Him come back for you. Okay. How many wish Jesus would have come back before you got saved? Come on, raise your hand. Everybody who wishes that Jesus would have come back before you got saved. 
No takers on that one either. Then why would you wish it before somebody else got saved? Hmm? We don't. Yes, we do look forward to His coming because He's our Savior and He's our Lord. But you know, people that ain't saved, they're not going to like seeing that white horse. I guess they won't see it. Right? And if you weren't saved, you wouldn't be so anxious to see it either. Our, our job is not, to, is not to pray for Jesus to come. It's to usher in the coming of God. How do you usher it in? Get people saved. You, you, want, you, want, people, you want God to come back? Get people saved. He'll come back. He'll come back for a strong church. He'll come back for a church full of people that love one another. Amen? You want, you want Jesus to come back? Preach the gospel. That's what Paul was doing when he gave his testimony. He was not willing that any would perish. He saw that he was going to perish. And he said, I'm not willing for any to be like I was. I want them to be like I am now. Even before Agrippa, the last thing he said, after Agrippa said, you know, you almost persuaded him. He said, he said, I don't only wish you, but I wished every man, all men were as me without these chains. Notice he said without the chain. Yeah. If you don't like chains, you should notice that he said without these chains. Right? You got people say, why shouldn't I go to jail? Paul had to. Maybe he did it so you didn't have to. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> people are saying, what are you, a coward? No, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> Glory to God. But you know what? If that's where you were, you'd want to be like Paul. Full of joy, knowing that no matter where you are, any person near you is in danger of being saved at any moment. Yeah. Because I'm full of the Word of God and I know that I know that He loves me and I know that that love can extend through me to you. And you can be who you weren't. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we know the will of God, so we follow the will of God. Right? We don't, we don't reject people. <laughs> no church in a box. Right? Everybody notice how friendly you can be in church and then you get out of church and, you know, people test you. They do. Especially if they see you in church and they, then they see you out somewhere else. You watch it. If you, they'll test you. They'll say, I wonder if that smile's as big here as it was in church last night. People, people don't want a phony, a phony God. They want a real God. They want the people that love God all the time. Paul loved God in prison. He didn't say, God, I was just doing what you told me to. I was preaching. I was doing everything you said. Go to the Gentile. I went to them. They stoned me. Every place I go, there's trouble, trouble, trouble. God, I'm just trying to do what you said. Why is there trouble? He didn't say any of that. Instead, he got the jailer saved. Instead, he went back two days later or something like that and preached in the same place they just stoned him. Why? He loved God. He was unwilling to see people go to hell. And guess what? The people that stoned him, as far as he knew, were on their way to hell. So how do you keep them from going to hell? You go back and you preach to them. Man, that, 
That guy was on fire, wasn't he? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I went so far outside of my notes, I don't even know where I am. Romans 2. Romans 2, verse 4. Everybody knows this verse. The last part of it says, knowing that the goodness of God is what leads men to repentance. Isn't that interesting to know? It's not those guys with the signs out there that say, Repent! <laughs> you see those guys? They don't even look happy, do they? Is anybody coming to the unhappy land of no prosperity? Because that's what they look like. Repent! You better repent! It's not a wonder that the world thinks repent's a bad word. Repent is not a bad word. It's, that's saying, turn from darkness and come over here in the light. That's like saying, I don't want you to stub your toe. Right? Get out of the darkness and come to the light. You'll stub your toe over there. Repent means to change the way you think and think a different way. But to them, it means, you sinner, come. Come to my God. The God of wrath who will judge thee. And they hold their sign up. You ever notice? They're always by themselves. Why? Because ain't nobody wants to be around them. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That was a vision of the cross, but that's also a vision of Him today in your life. If He be lifted up in your life, if what He's done for you be lifted up every day, amen? amen. Then men will be drawn to the Jesus in you. Amen. Not to you, to the Jesus in you. Why? Because they know no man can be that way. And they'll know that something had to happen to you to be that way. You can't do it. The nicest person in the world without God is not a nice person. Why? They don't have that love. What's he, what, what, did he, what did he say? In, let me see if I can find that verse. Yeah, uh, 1 Peter 3, around verse 15. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. It says... Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What's he saying? He's saying set God apart. In other words, you're different. Don't tell people you're different for any other reason than God. Amen. Separate yourself as His. Separate, separate yourself unto God. Amen. In other words, when somebody says, man, you're so lucky. <laughs> no. And it's not time to say, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. <laughs> And they're running. <laughs> you got people, you know what? It doesn't matter how right you are without love, you now are wrong. You went from right to wrong in a matter of seconds. You can't, you can't yell the word and make it more truthful. In fact, you take the truth out of it because truth must be spoken in love. Amen? It's time to say, you know, there's a lot of people who may think they're lucky, but I know the Lord has put grace on me. That I have seen the mercy of God and the goodness of God in this land, and God does these things for me. I can take no credit for, for my knowledge, for my ability. Everything I have is because of the Lord. 
Amen? Don't you think somebody could receive that better than, I'm not lucky, I'm just blessed. <laughs> Whew. Go be blessed over there, please. <laughs> please, as far away from me, be blessed as you can. Set apart. <laughs> Set yourself apart, the NIV says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. In other words, don't let anything else be Lord. Don't ever make yourself Lord. Always know it's Him and His grace in your life. And then he says, after you've done this, now always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. Let's look back at that in the King James. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. There's that meekness word again. In other words, nobody can see it unless it's shown in the right light. Meekness is a form of light. And when you show the hope of God in meekness, then people can see it. The other word fear, it's, it's reverence. Uh, what's the NIV say? Pull, pull back the NIV. Gentleness and respect. Amen? Gentleness. You know, Jesus said, I'm gentle. I'm meek. I'm kind. That, that's, it, you, can't, it, you can't give an answer the wrong way and expect the right results. This is not a what to do. This is a how to do. And, and God's saying, as soon as you set Christ apart as Lord in your life, as soon as you've sanctified that in your heart, now, always be ready, because that's the people He wants answering. He doesn't want prideful, knowledge-puffed-up people answering the question. Because they'll say, oh, you know why I got hope? Because I got faith, and by, by my faith, I can do anything. You can by your faith in God and His love and His mercy that He gave you to even be able to breathe to believe. Faith is a great thing. And thank God that He gave it to us. And because we can believe God. We can believe to receive the things that He gave us by grace. Faith is to access the gifts of God. Amen? Not to show off. Okay. <laughs> I remember when I first started believing, man, I listened to the word and prosperity message. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that. I can have all those things. I can do, I can have it. And man, all I thought about was prosperity, 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 big house, nice car, boat for the weekend. Yeah. Money, I don't have to be thinking about all those bills that I got due tomorrow that I can't pay. I got to get this prosperity thing. And I sought and sought and sought prosperity. You know how many people I helped? Zero. Why? I was seeking prosperity. If you'll seek God, prosperity will come. And that prosperity will shine a light on His goodness, not on your faith. Amen? Man, I used to I used to just sit around and study prosperity, thinking that's how, that's that's the answer to all the problems in my life. And little did I know, had I gotten prosperity, that would have been the biggest problem in my life. 
Thank God He was merciful to me and did not prosper me at that time. People say, that sounds awful. It's true. I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be fishing. I can tell you right now, if He would have prospered me when I asked, I would have been doing nothing for the kingdom. But what happened is I kept studying His Word and all of a sudden I fell in. If you hang around the edge too long, you'll fall in and you'll find the love of God. And you'll find out that nothing matters without it. Doesn't matter how much prosperity you have. Doesn't matter how much of anything you got if you don't have the love of God. And I got excited about my testimony that God had saved me and pulled me out. That God had, had, had mercy on me all the days of my life, even when I was stupid. And I was stupid a lot of days. I'm still stupid some days. Anybody else stupid some days? Aren't you glad He's merciful? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I want to be one that's always prepared. What's He saying? I want you always prepared. What, what is always? So when you wake up in the morning, is that part of always? And when you get out of bed and get showered and get ready, are you still in always? And when you stop at the gas station, are you still in always? So you're prepared at the gas station to give an answer to anyone who asks for the hope that's within you. And when you get to the office, it's, oh, that's, I just know I'm not supposed to work. There are so many sinners, 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 sinners everywhere. Where else are you going to give answer to the hope that's within you? I don't need to know it. I don't, I, I have the same hope. Amen? You, we can rehearse our hope together so that we can go out and spread our hope. But we can't give answer of it. Glory to God. We serve a good God who has a plan. And He said, always be prepared. So when you go to that workplace where you're not supposed to be because it's full of sinners, be there anyway and live in always. Be prepared when they look at you and they say, this job stinks and you come in smiling every day. What's wrong with you? Say, I got a hope within me that this is going to get gooder. That we're going to have a good boss with a good place to work. That God's doing great things right here where I'm at. Merely because I'm here. And He loves you just like He loves me. Glory to God. Preach the gospel in season, out season. That's out of season. You're in season right now. Right? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. He's helping us because this is completely different than first service almost. <laughs> it is. Sure, thank you. And first service was good. Thank you, Lord. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks. Glory to God. That's what he's saying to do. So what was what was happening in the book of Acts? Do you guys remember the book of Acts? Look at look at what Paul was doing. Look at Acts. Uh, 26. No, we already did that. That was King Agrippa. Let's look at Acts 17. Acts 17, verse 17 in the NIV. It says, So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks. What was he thinking? 
one thing to hang around, hang around godly people, but Greeks, they can say they're godly, but they're Greeks. <laughs> Love is no respecter of persons. It's no respecter of nationalities. It's no respecter of anything. It, it, it only wants a way in. It's looking for one little crack. You, you, just, you just crack that window, and I will come in. That's what, that's what love does. Amen? Amen? And Paul, he loved people, and he was looking for a way in, so he would talk to anybody. If you would listen to him, he would talk to you. And I'm not saying he cast his pearls before swine. He went, went Everywhere he went, he expected someone to be there that could hear him. Every place we are, we are an opportunity waiting to happen. Amen? And he said he, said he reasoned with the God-fearing Greeks as well as in the marketplace. What? He went to the marketplace. Well, I thought you could only do the Word in, in the temple, in, in the synagogue. Oh, no, he went out and talked in the marketplace. So he left the church and talked about God? Freak. Just a Freak. I remember we were sitting in Chuck E. Cheese. It's my daughter's like second or third birthday. I don't know the third birthday party. I think it's my friend's daughter's birthday party. We were all there. And we were just sitting there talking, Bible study people that, before this church even began. We were all sitting there, man. We're talking about the Lord at Chuck E. Cheese. You know, the kids are out playing. Man, we're getting excited. And we look at each other and we just say, man, we're messed up, aren't we? <laughs> Glory to God that we were that messed up. That in Chuck E. Cheese, we wanted to talk about the Lord. You know, when we had Bible studies, we ran around in packs. Many of the people, like I was telling them this morning, Robert and Andy and Jessica, and, and there's a lot of people that go to this church now that were in our Bible studies. Man, we'd go places. I remember we went to, Ramsey had a basketball game one day, and it was that Friday night after Bible study. Said, so, oh, hey, we'll go too. We showed up at Ramsey's basketball game, and we had two rows of people cheering for Ramsey, who'd never made a basket in her whole life. In fact, is all she did was do cartwheels down the floor. You don't do cartwheels in basketball. But man, we're sitting there and we're happy and we're smiling and, and we're having a good time. And the people tap my wife on the back and say, what church are you guys from? What they do? We immediately became resigned to God. We were identified, not because we were talking about God. We were happy. We were full of joy. We were, that's what we want to be. Identified with God every place we go. We didn't go out there and say, we better cast demons out of Him. Oh, He needs deliverance. Uh, no! You know what? We'd have had the whole section to ourselves then. Right? People run from people like that. They don't want to be anywhere near them. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank God that I was too stupid to be religious. Huh? Because sometimes we get up in a different area and we start becoming religious. You know, today I still want to watch myself. I don't want to be religious. And I know I've made mistakes and, and, I've, and I've let some of that in at times. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to do anything for God for any other reason than I love Him. I don't want to, if, it, if I don't do it because I love Him, I don't want to do it. People say, oh, you want to be obedient. I want to be obedient because I love Him. 
I don't want to do things for the wrong reason. I want to do them right. Just doing them is not enough. It's how we do them. Paul talked to the people anywhere that would listen to him because he loved them and because he loved the Lord. He was excited about what God was doing. It says he went to the marketplace day by day and he talked to people that just happened to be there. That's always. You know why he talked to them? Because he was in always. What? You mean he went to the grocery store and talked to people? Yep. Sure did. You know, I was on the phone. Um, um, Kate was in the same place. And I was talking to somebody that works for a big company. And uh, we were trying to get some stuff fixed. And you could hear this guy's voice that he was being so careful to talk to me because he was afraid he was getting ready to get chewed out. You know why? Because he'd been chewed out so many times before by everyone else that had talked to him. You know, uh, two weeks ago, I was in the airport and trying to get on a plane because I was supposed to do a wedding in Florida. And as you guys know, that Thursday it iced. Well, they shut down. Well, I got to be at rehearsal the next day. And I'm sitting in the airport because one plane's supposed to come back and, and take us all to Florida. Well, I wait for two hours, thinking that plane's going to come back. And about two hours later, she gets up there and says, they've canceled this flight. And man, you should have seen the people. Oh, you'd have thought, like, I'd have thought, man, that's a vacation for you guys. You just got to stay an extra day. <laughs> They started getting mad, running up and down like they didn't know what they were going to do. And guess what? Running up and down isn't going to give you an idea of what to do. You can pace all you want, and at the end of your pacing, you will still not know what to do. Right? But they were being mean. Being mean. Like now the airline owed them something because an ice storm came. Is the airline God? God caused the ice storm so people would sit still for a minute. <laughs> That's not gospel. Strike that from the record. <laughs> I've always believed that, though. One good day of snow will stop your phone. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, we preach the gospel in the grocery store. How do you do it? You be nice to people. People aren't used to it. The love of God is peculiar. Why are you a peculiar people? You have the love of God in you. It is peculiar. It does things that nothing else can do. It hardly notices when one does it wrong. (laughs) The God kind kind of love does that. The world kind of love notices everything you did wrong. You ever notice that? Hey, it's Valentine's Day. Where's my Valentine? Thought you loved me. If you loved me, you'd do this. If you loved me, you'd do that. If you loved me. If you ever catch yourself saying, if you love me, stop right there, cut the first part of the sentence off, and shut your mouth. Because the rest of the sentence isn't going to be good. Right? I mean, that's what the world says about God. If he was such a loving God, how could he let that happen? If He's such a loving God, if He's so kind, if He... That's the world. And you know what they're doing? They're trying to con Him into doing stuff because in their heart, they know He's great. People that don't believe that they believe He's great really do. They're conning themselves. 
Why would they even make the statement? First, and you got people that don't believe in God that are making the statement. Well, if He's such a good God, so you do believe in Him. No, but if He was, you just said if He was. <laughs> We're getting way out there now. Reel it in. <clears throat> Glory to God. Paul was always prepared. It didn't matter where he was. He was prepared to give an answer for the hope that was within him. That's what we should be. We should be an opportunity looking for a place to happen. Amen? It, it, that, the, was, it, was it Colossians? Colossians where it says, be wise? Yeah, uh, Colossians 4, verse 5. It says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without. In other words, what are they without? Well, they're without God. They're without Jesus. It says, walk in wisdom NIV says, be wise in the way you act towards them. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the time. The NIV says, making the most of every opportunity. Why is everything an opportunity? Because we live in always. Every place you are is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to extend the love and grace of God wherever you're at. We can never go someplace and think we're just there. You're never just there. At church today, you're not just here. You're here on a mission. If, if it all it is is to hear and leave, that's good. But maybe one person in here needs to see your smile. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I'll tell you right now, one person came to me right after service, first service, and I hadn't seen him forever, and I gave them a big hug, and you know what? Made me smile. Made me smile. Why? My brother was here and I hadn't seen him in a long time. As far as I know, God put him there for me. Thank you, Lord. God's that good. And we live in always. Amen? Walk in wisdom towards them or the without. Redeeming the time. Making the most of every opportunity. Verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace. Why does he say that? Because... Grace is why you're where you're at. People who, are, people who have grace are humble people. Right? Humble, get the grace. So what's he saying? He's saying, let your speech always be with grace. In, all, in other words, in all humility. Don't think higher of yourself than you should when you're speaking. Because when you're speaking that way, you're not speaking God's language. You can't speak God's language from here. It can only be spoken from here. Here you say that. You cannot speak God's language from above somebody. Love speaks to somebody, not over somebody. Amen? If you love somebody, you'll realize the verse we read at first in Ephesians that you were once without Christ, without hope, and in the world. What you also could realize is that you've made mistakes, that you've done things wrong. Amen? It's not time to look at somebody and say, well, no wonder you're sick. Look at your life. No wonder you're broke. Look at your life. Stop that. I'm glad Jesus doesn't do that. Well, sure, you're broke. Look at your life. What He did is He gave you grace instead and mercy and kindness and loved you while you were His enemy. It says, let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt. What's salt? Preservative. What's he saying? 
the grace of God with the preservation of love. What are you trying to do? You're trying to build somebody up and keep them where they're at so they don't fall backwards. Amen? If you can just keep them coming, they'll get saved. Amen? If you can just keep them coming, they'll get help. Let your speech be of somebody that would keep them coming, not that would push them away. Right? Remember the guy with the sign? Repent! You know what? You might as well just take his arms and be, what is that guy that stretches in the Fantastic Four and just keep those arms? Because he's pushing him so far away that he ain't ever coming back unless somebody with real love goes out and gets him. Paul did not push people away. He invited all that would listen to his story. He was never pushing people away. You guys didn't watch the Fantastic Four? Huh? Guys, his arms would stretch really far. He could reach you no matter how far you are. We probably need arms like that. We could reach somebody no matter where they were, huh? God has arms like that. Seasoned with salt that you may know what you should say to every person. No. Let your speech be with, always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every person. We, told, we went over this earlier. In America, some people came for religious freedom. Some people came to the land of opportunity. People, people came for various reasons. You can't go to somebody that's looking for religious freedom and say, come here and you'll have a good job. You didn't talk their language. God's saying, if you'll, if you'll let your speech be full of grace, seasoned with salt, you'll always know how to answer somebody. It won't matter what situation you're in, be it the grocery store, the IHOP, the church, your house across the street with your neighbor, doesn't matter. You'll always know how to answer somebody. Right? And he talked about it at first. He said, he said be wise. Let wisdom. What, what, what's that first part of the verse say? Walk in wisdom. What does wisdom do? Wisdom stops long enough for love to take over. Wisdom, what did Jesus do when they said, what should we stone her? What did he do? He went down and drew in the sand. That's my new thing. When I don't have anything good to say, I'm going to say I'm drawing in the sand. I told Kim that the other day. I said, she, she was talking about a situation. I said, I'm going to go draw in the sand. Why? Because I don't want to talk before love takes over. I don't want to have to strike my first thing from the record and go backwards. Amen? I want my speech full of grace, seasoned with salt, and know how to answer everybody at all times. That's why we're here. That's evangelistic. You are all evangelists, and you're going out into the world, and we're to witness the goodness of God in every situation. You don't have to go to college to be an evangelist. You know what college Paul went to? The College of Damascus Road. And he evangelizes, he's still evangelizing the world with his testimony. Glory to God. Walk in wisdom so that we'll know how. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 50, verse 4, we'll close with this one. It says, The Lord has given me. This is a gift from God. The Lord gave this to you. 
You reckon you're going to need it if the Lord gave it to you? Hmm? Why? Because we're going somewhere. And we've got something to say. But what we say won't matter unless it's given by God, given the way God would give it. And he said, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. (laughs) That's a good thing to have. What's he saying? You know what to say. And that's a great thing to know what to say. But then he said that you should know how to say it. He said, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word. How to speak a word. It's not just what you speak, it's how you speak it. It's what you say. It doesn't matter how much you've got to say if you don't say it in love. And he's saying, I've given you the tongue of the learned. Who gave you the tongue of the learned? Love gave you the tongue of the learned. Love gave it to you. God is love and He gave it to you. He said, I've given you the tongue of the learned to know how to speak a word when? In season. He can, he can take you into an out-of-season area and give you a word and make it in season all of a sudden. Huh? Yeah, in season to him that is weary. Why to him that is weary? Love. Love. If somebody's tired, do you want to help them? Right? You know, it's not just telling them what you know. They're weary. They're tired. Give them something that's going to pick them up. Amen? Amen? I don't want to just say something. You know, you got people that will give you 55 verses, man. You tell them what's wrong with you? They'll give you 55 verses as to what will fix you, and not one thing they said helped. Oh, the word of the Lord will help if they'll take it. They can't take it because it wasn't wrapped in love. Amen? you got people, Christians, getting offended over the dumbest things. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know what? A hundred years from now, what you're offended about will not make a difference in anybody's life. It won't. But a hundred years from now, if you'll get out of offense and begin to walk in love, everything you do today will still be creating God's perfect will in the earth a hundred years from now. There are things that matter and there are things that don't. Amen? To speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakes me every morning. Morning by morning. How many want to be woke up by the Lord? That would be way better than an alarm clock. Right? No more... How many know... You know, my mom used to wake me up. She'd rise, shine, get mom, leave me alone. And she'd sing louder when she knew I had a hangover. Man, she knew I'd been out the night before. Big song. She was mean a little bit. Lady was always happy. I never saw that lady unhappy. The day she went home to be with the Lord, she was smiling. She looked up at my dad, winked at him, laid back down and went home. Never saw her unhappy. Never saw her. She was in pain. And she still was happy. She was full of the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. He wakes me morning by morning. That's what made me think about her. Because she didn't, she didn't go to bed without Him and she didn't wake up without Him. He wakes us every morning. Why? Because you're working for Him. 
You're getting ready to go out and be His ambassador to the world. And He wants to wake you up the right way. And he's gonna, He said, He wakes my ear to hear as the learned. He, he wakes you up and then He wakes your ear up. He says, he says, wait a second, I want you to be able to hear right because i got to tell you what you're going to do. I've got to put everything in you right now. That's why I said at the start of this, don't put your feet out of bed till you've realized the goodness of God in your life. You know, as people say, well, I'm crabby till I get my coffee. No, no more of that. You, you don't get to be crabby till you get your coffee. You wake up and you look out your, you poke out your eyelids and you say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm an opportunity going everywhere to happen. I always begins right now. Hallelujah. Amen? You know what? If you're in the ministry very long, it always begins in the middle of the night. Because that's when your phone rings. And they say, hey, we got a major problem. Uh, this one's in jail and they're in the hospital. And you, it's not time to say, hey, 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 I had my coffee. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I can't talk to you. It's time for the, for the ear of the learned to begin hearing from God and speaking words of love and life and changing the atmosphere on the other end of the phone. Amen? Glory to God. He gives us the tongue of the learned. Stand to your feet. He gives us... Say it. He gives me the tongue of the learned that I may know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. I am an opportunity looking to happen. I have the love of God. I can go anywhere. I can do anything by His grace, I will succeed and I will cause others to know His goodness. And my life will glorify Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't He good to us? Aren't you excited about Him? Are you ready to evangelize the world? Your life is the tool God wants to use. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know how we got this way? You know how we immigrated? We immigrated by the blood of Jesus, by the blood and the broken body. He paid the full price for all our sins on the cross in His body. And we want to honor what was done in our lives. And as we honor it today, don't just honor what was done, but, but prepare in your heart to go out and be who he, who he made you to be through this. Amen? Make yourself that opportunity that He's made you to be. Glory to God. Be seated. Ushers, come forward.